1: The Talk Sport Fan
2: Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier
3: lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Our only via
2: our participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply. See you at
3: mcdonalds.com.
0: episode of uh, ever bristol city podcast you may be watching live on uh, youtube or twitter or listening later on uh, one of the podcast platforms but welcome i'm delighted that i've got three guests three regular guests to talk about yesterday's uh, victory against mark robbins coventry city but there's more to talk about than the victory isn't there and that is neil who's sitting uh, with me here in uh, our clevedon i'll call it studio my back office basically and then uh, uh, also, regulars uh, Ian and Mark. Morning, chaps. How are we uh, how are we all feeling today? Uh, relieved.
4: Yeah, <laughs> fine. Relieved at the result. Yeah, no, that's true. Neil,
0: what about you? Result is everything, isn't it? Result. I mean, that's it. I mean, look, we what we normally do is I get you to uh, each of you to give me a quick resume of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's 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 start uh, you first, Ian. not so much a resume of the game, but what did you think of? the starting lineup? I mean, more blinking injuries, you know, and Joe Williams pulling out on the day. What did you, I mean, it it picked itself, didn't it Ian? Yeah.
2: The personnel wise, it might have picked itself, but formation wise, uh, I don't know what he was playing at because the, the last thing you need to do when you've got nine players out, um, The last thing you need to do is say, right, okay, I'm just going to completely change everything. So whilst I agree two up top against Coventry would have been handy, you need to be able to give them the ball. And our service to the forwards all season has been poor. And yesterday it was appalling. Um, Having Tommy Conway in our side at the moment on occasions is like putting a Rolls Royce engine in a lawnmower. And if you're not to we just kept lashing the ball forward. People were not looking where they were kicking it. And the goalkeeper, well, his distribution for half staff yesterday, I thought he had his boots on the wrong feet. It was yeah. absolutely appalling. Now, we won the game, and I'm absolutely delighted we won the game, because if you'd have said to me, after 25 minutes, I'll give you 100, 100 to 1 if you bet me 50 quid that, that, that City will win 1-0, I'd have turned the bet down yeah okay because i i we we could have been i'll say two or three could have right. been possibly more goals down by then about so some those incidents we about those
0: in, incidents in a minute in
2: in terms of the in terms of the lineup which is where where your question started uh we completely changed the lineup we went with wing backs that didn't work thank god he changed it after about half an hour 32 minutes whatever it was when uh, he hauled he poor old Aidan Roberts off and brought uh, Jason Knight on. And that was pivotal in us winning the game. Certainly, we'd have lost it um, had we persisted with that formation.
0: Yeah. Mark, um, <clears throat> A few. He, he, Nigel named a, a nine-man bench. I mean, there was a few... Unusual, well, names like, uh, I mean, Nelson's been on the bench a few times with Joseph James and the forgotten man of uh, the squad, Duncan Idaher. I mean, you know, at least he named a a full match day 20, didn't
4: he? Yeah, uh, of course, again, because we're, because we had nine players out, crammed full of academy players and uh, Joseph James, who I understand, is a right-sided centre-back. I've never heard of the guy before, but that's the position that we're in. We've got we're desperate because we've got so many injuries that we have to call on the academy. They're not first team squad players. Nobody knows about them, but they'll be giving their all for Bristol City. But I'll agree with Ian. Yesterday they not the time to experiment. It looked like strangers most of the time. It was an, an, a complete and utter mess.
0: Yeah. Neil, um, this was the match build as the encounter between the two longest serving managers uh, in the championship. Um, they came into this game Uh only two defeats all season, the Sky Blues, and uh, you know some decent players. They splashed the cash a little bit in the summer. What did you think of, uh, you know, the returning Jade sure. Silva? Well, Jade
5: Silver for me was quintessential Jade Silver yesterday, wasn't he? Technically very good, got the ball, got the ball down, nice, you know, nice control, all the rest of it, but wholly ineffective. You know, the amount of space, the amount of time he had, particularly first half, his crossing was woeful again. And uh, I just watched it and I thought, yeah, he hasn't changed a bit, really, in a, in a lot of ways, actually. I can, can see how, you know, compared to uh, the right back they had, he was bombing on forward and actually getting crosses in and actually being effective. You know, Jay didn't really get much beyond the halfway line,
0: did he? No, no, not at all. Ian, uh, looking at them, we did a match uh, preview this week and uh, they'd splashed the cash. Uh, They had similar income as what we did, but uh, splashed about three times as much, and that's being Conservative. And they started with uh, three players, Sakamoto, Sims, and gone up front. I mean, that Sims is the sort of player that we've cried out for. He scored those two goals on the opening day of last season. But, you know, they they should have been, as you said, they should have been out of sight after half an hour, shouldn't they?
2: What the difference was that, um, I mean, you couldn't really even call Rob Dickey's a chance. I think we only had one other chance, and that was when Tom, Tommy hit that left foot shot and the keeper got down to his left to save it. And for all, commentary's problem was they didn't have a cutting edge, despite spending, I think the lad they brought on towards the end, and I think they brought him on too late, uh, Hadji Wright. Um, I thought, if you look at what they paid for him in Sims, about 15 million between the two of them. Um, But they didn't have that cutting edge. It it wasn't there. I mean, our defence played really well. Uh, But it's, there was a case of having two, to be perfectly honest. I thought Andy King was outstanding. But the difference, if, if Coventry had had Tommy Conway up front yesterday, we'd have been two or three down in that period. So that just goes to show the value of that player, and it's, it's just a damn shame we can't give him the service that he needs.
0: Yeah, Mark. Um, they had 12 shots, one on target, 15 corners to R2. They should have been out of sight by half an hour. And you know, those long range efforts, if they those two had gone in instead of hitting the bar, they would have been worldies, wouldn't they?
4: Yeah, and they don't even count as shots on target, do they? <laughs> But they both, you know, one struck the struck the top of the bar hard. One the other one, uh, one from Ben Sheaf was an absolute cracker, and I think there was another one from Godden, which was a lot nearer and it just hit the top of the bar. But they were covering out the chances. It will just just breezing through our midfield, uh, especially down the right flank, where Roberts didn't give uh, Pring any any cover whatsoever. It was Sakamoto and Van Uick, who was very effective in that game probably their best player just getting chance after chance and it looked like just a matter of time until they scored
0: yeah Neil um Mark just mentioned uh Roberts then I mean he's waiting for his chance to come in um okay Nigel uh has taken off Alex Scott after 25 minutes Alex making his uh at last debut for Bournemouth yesterday when they lost to Wolves I bet Gary O'Neill was pleased about that but Roberts, God, he looked as flat footed and off the pace as what Kane Wilson did when he came on. It was a dreadful opening half hour from him, wasn't it? It was a strange performance
5: by Roberts yesterday. We I saw him a number of times pre season, technically very, very good. Mm. Obviously, come through the Premiership academies again, very good on that left flank. Oxford, cup game. Mm fantastic in that game, mm. albeit it's against the League One side. But is that it? Is that his level? Because he was, was Derby wanted to keep him, didn't it's, it's difficult because, you know, he's he's come on, he came on against Plymouth and we've tried to fit him in and play him in the centre and he was, he was all over the place. He lost the ball a number of times against Plymouth and then broke and one of the times they hit the post, obviously, with one of the breaks. So he's not, he's not sort of fit enough. I thought it was an opportunity for him yesterday to actually make a statement mm. but he went in the reverse didn't it yeah really i mean getting hauled off after half an hour and well, i think you fully, said he didn't he went fully justified
0: as yeah well, fully oh god justified. but he didn't appear for the second half on the bench either did he Was did he, he said, well, somebody said he didn't uh, appear on the bench for the second I'm half? i'm over the side so i can't, you see. can't see that far with your x-ray, your x-ray your x-ray, with my x-ray ian uh you talked about max's uh kicking um you know he's 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 got his uh, critics. I thought kicking apart. I thought he did okay. Myself, what did you think? Uh, would you agree with that? That's, his, kicking away his,
2: goal, his goalkeeping was was absolutely fine. His distribution in the first half was dreadful. I mean, there was one where they do this thing where they kick it out to the flanks, which is I, I don't like it as a as a tactic. I understand why we do it rather than just ping it down the middle. Uh, but I don't understand why why we play the ball forward in the air at all when you, you only have to look at us shaking hands every week and we look like it's, we're putting the under-16s out against the first team. Uh, it's, it's less when you get to, all right, we've got some taller, bigger players out with the team, quite a few. You know, Atkinson, Naismith, Zach Viner. Um, and... So the so playing it forward in the air, it's just not the well I'll say not the right thing to do. It's stupid. We just keep giving them the ball back. Um, but but that, that aside, uh, and just going going briefly back to Roberts, something that Nigel Pearson said that that resonated with me is he said uh, a while ago, you know, we're not just signing people for the sake of it. We're signing players that are better than what we've got. Okay, right, good idea. Yeah, that's the way you improve. So then explain Roberts, who looked completely out of his depth. Um, Roberts, uh Mimetti, who, who, who I, I don't know what's happened with him, and Harry Cornick. Well,
0: I, think I, mean, Cornick I, said, an I think Cornick is – I agree with you. I think Cornick's trying to prove uh, a few – has, has prove a few is, critics is he, wrong. Is well, hang
2: on. Is he better than Naki Wells and Tommy Conway, then?
0: Well, no, he's not. Uh, and I would sooner have you in What's right. the, I'd what's, see, what's yeah, the look, point? Yeah, well, I agree. And, you know, it was interesting, Mark, to see Duncan Idahan come back in. You know, I mean, Duncan Iden. we saw him, what, 18 months ago, made a couple of cameo appearances. Maybe there were some issues in the summer preseason last summer. But a Duncan but he couldn't have been any worse than Hayden Roberts was yesterday, albeit... He was playing in a different uh a, a, well Roberts was playing as a wing back, whereas you could have left Pring in his normal position and put Idahan back of a three, which is where he had two reasonably effective games for us, was not it?
4: He wouldn't have played exactly there that. was no way in God's earth that Idahoan would have played unless we were absolutely desperate for players. Um, I mean, I think it was on Low Nick Carlisle last year, didn't have a didn't didn't uh, play particularly well. It was only on the bench, really, David is a filler, simple as simple as that. And that's where we are at the moment, where we are desperate for players. Nine injured. This club's never going forward because of the number of injuries we got. It's, it's absolutely desperate. We, what is going on? It's one of life's great mysteries. It's just... Op- terrible injuries week after week when a revolving door of injuries when one decent player comes in the other one goes out where promised players return after international duty and George Tanner never happens. Now Cal Naismith's got his inevitable injury the guy's injury prone, a very good player. Joe Williams missed over 20 games, yeah Joe Williams mystery injury but just injury after injury after injury this club is riven by injuries injuries are the biggest story about at Bristol City not what the results on the pitch injuries are ru- ruining this club uh, it's a complete and utter shambles I mean that's wise. a big
0: statement to make Mark Neil we thought that injury was due to uh, Dr Death and his cohorts up in the back room uh, I mean as some gypsy put a curse on the HPC because it does seem to be uh, it does seem to be getting uh, ridiculous again doesn't it yeah I think I uh... think
5: we're talking about play. I think some of the players that we have, the press that we put on, the intensity in which we play at, we are prone to picking up a number of injuries. The Naismith thing, he's obviously got a chronic condition, hasn't he? Mm. It's obviously like one of those players that you read about that has a, a knee problem and it's never gonna go away. Mm. He's had a couple of operations, etc., cetera, et cetera, and they alter their training regimes to incorporate that knee issue. Naismith has got a calf issue and it's a calf issue that basically is going to flare up and he's, his availability is going to be 50-60% of the season but you take him out of the side and Viner out of the side and you've pretty much got no passing
0: in that side yesterday, have we? Which is a poor indictment on the midfield isn't it, really? Because Ian was saying we're doing just wishing it forward and such. Well, I know I know that we're going to
5: go a bit more to the to the gate. So I don't want to race ahead but yesterday it was like um obviously when I take the football and do the training it was like okay this team defending this team attacking yeah. and it was like a training drill. It was like we get the ball, we defend, we defend what we have and then we just kick it back to you and then we defend and then we just kick it back to you and then we defend and then we kick it back to you. I mean as a, as a game of football yesterday I'd have to say there was only one team out there playing at, football. Playing football.
0: Yeah.
5: Uh there was another team that was defending and defending very partic- well. Very yeah. well. And what, that was us what, what we have.
6: Yeah.
5: But we had three shots. I think there was the Vyman shot in the first half mm. that the keeper made quite a good save from. The goal. And then I think Jason Knight had a shot in the second half. Yeah. And other than that, I don't think we had any shots. No, we off, didn't. Off
0: goal. No, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with something sort of. It is. Neil's just said about, you know, the press, the way we press is going to put, you know, make us prone to injuries. But I thought commentary, you know, they look fit. They were pressing us a lot when we had the ball. I mean, we didn't get I mean, when Naismith's in the back three and dinks it around, you get worried that he's going to do a rip because he's got history when it comes to that. But I don't buy this that we're you know, we're pressing too hard. I thought they pressed a lot harder than we did yesterday. And, you know, they don't seem to have the injury record that we got, do they?
2: You Bring in players to suit your style of play. And it doesn't matter whether you're Liverpool, Bristol City or Exeter United. You you bring in players to um, suit your style of play. So if you want to play a pressing game, Nigel signed 21 players now. If you want to play a pressing game, you you bring in players or a lot of players who can play that that press. Now, I don't think there's a problem in terms of fitness, in terms of running. Like, for example, Sam Bell, Mark Sykes, uh, Tommy Conway, Naki, when they're fit, they can press, they can run. Um, They're not the best tacklers in the world, any of them, but forwards normally aren't. But they can press, they can close down. Andy Vyman, nothing wrong with with him running about. He can run about all day. Whether he achieves anything is, is a moot point <laughs> uh, sometimes. But um, because he went back to the old out-of-control speedboat yesterday. But um, I, I, all right, our shape was wrong. And if you're going to play, you know, if you're going to play that three at the back, I think whoever said it, it's quite right, you could have played Pring in his proper position left Roberts on the bench and and started with Duncan Eidehan or Rafa Royer or Campbell Slowey. we've got a rake of young, six foot two, six foot three centre-backs, a few of them are left-sided. So give them a go. All right. Once again, if if the lad's not having a great game after 20 minutes, you can run like he did with with Roberts. But Mm. at least he's playing in his best position. And when I saw um, Idahan the season before last, up at Derby, uh, I thought he looked—he looked physically capable of playing at that level, and I mean, phys- physicality-wise. Because there's one thing you'd look at our team and say we lack, with the exception of the injured players and Rob Dickey, is physicality.
0: Well, we're not a big—we're not a big team, and I agree with you there, Ian. About huh? you know, I agree with you there about could have stayed in his original position. And you could have had a youngster, a youngster, maybe not Roberts, but Roberts was the obvious choice if you want a player that isn't a youngster because you would have had King and um, Pring alongside the youngster to help him through the game. Mark, coming to you, look, it it was a win and and that win came on 45 minutes. I mean, uh, take us through the goal, Mark. What, what, What were your thoughts? I mean, it was like, you know, a big cheer, but God, how have we gone in front in this game? But take us through the goal.
4: Well, Jason Knight won the free kick with a fantastic burst in run. And I thought the referee, funny enough, took the ball about 10 yards further back than where the incident took place. So it's uh, about 30, 35 yards out to the left of, to the, left of the goal. Taylor Garner Hickman curls it, curls it in. Lovely flighted ball. And uh, Rob Dickey's there uh, just on the six-yard line on the right-hand side and heads the ball down. That's the important thing. It's hard for the keeper. Heads the ball down towards the ground and then the keeper tries to get his hand to it as it's coming up and can only push it into the net. Yeah. Great contact and a great goal. Yeah. Um, you know, surprising. You know, Everybody's looking with relief, and absolute shock that we score. It's a great though, not it? Because we were, well, yeah.
0: we've, often, we've often put teams under pressure... You know, and you know, even you know, the Stoke game, I mean, it was just revenge for that because, you know, we should have won that one easily. But this was the reverse case scenario. So it does make a change for us to come out. Well, of I think,
4: that. it. I mean, if you look at that and the Leeds game, we, we couldn't lay a glove on Coventry. We couldn't lay a glove on Leeds. And our only weapon is set pieces because we we can't pass the ball we've got nobody from midfield who can pass the ball to the forwards that's why uh that's why conway and bell yeah. didn't get the ball all there was just no creativity right. so that's a that's a that's the only way and, and well, no corners but it was a lovely flight of ball garner hit it and was. pass the ball well but yeah it was a great finish by dickey head the ball down you know training manual stuff into the grounds keeper couldn't save it yeah. brilliant Neil, great mate, way to go and half time of a lift yeah. can we blow the whistle now and just all go home i, I would have preferred that and put my feet up i know six minutes time added on for uh matty james head injury touch
0: of the terry bushes with the blood seeping through the bandage by the look of it?
4: yeah anyway i decided that if he uh if rob dickie's going to be our uh you know our gladiator we should change his name to uh to biggest dickus i think that's it that's going to be his best name <laughs> isn't it? let's call him that
0: neil that goal it was it was it was timely and it Really and truthfully, Coventry had huffed and puffed and missed, and they must have gone in thinking, "Oh my God, all that, you yeah, know, we should be three nil up, but we're we're one nil down." And it was it was it was the one bright spot from City in a whole ninety minutes, really, wasn't it?
5: Yeah, I mean, the, 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 Pearson's obviously come out and he said we tried to match them up, and I thought I thought watching the first twenty 20, 25 minutes yesterday, it was going back to the Lee Johnson era where we're just trying to change our formations to match up people. They're they're settled in that formation. That's what they play every week. There's always a danger when we use the word, try to match them up because the players that we've got are different to the players they have in those positions. We play a certain way. Mm. Matty James gets that bad head injury. It gives us a chance for a reset and it's not a reset where you know, there's a little note coming across, and everyone's running around trying to do it. We had about three or four minutes there where all the all the players go across to Curtis Fleming, and he explains, right, this is the way we're going to do, and we're going to fall back into that position. And that came, that Matty James injury came at the absolute best time because we, of, of because the reset, complete reset. In relation...
4: I think the other the other thing that t- typified, Matty James' injury, uh, Neil, and also a challenge, two challenges that he made on Eccles, halfway inside our own half, where he he, 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 he well he, he made two strong challenges on the ground and won the ball and set up the chance, the breakaway, where Ryman just lost his impetus, didn't he? Going to the left to try and find some room and made the keeper, made a save. But I think that was, you know, two great challenges there to set that up that tiffified James is fighting spirit and he, he's been very good this season mm. when we the guy
5: that Marks has brought up there, Viman.
4: when we actually think about he's lost
5: that initial burst of pace hasn't he it's gone hasn't it? he oh, he's back in the room Ian's no. back in the room that, that, no he has that that five-yard burst that you always had that little okay he never had it over 10 15 yards but that little galloping it's
0: gone. fight. has gone. It's gone. It's gone. Yeah, no, it's gone. Ian, it uh, gone. I, you're you you're back in the room. I mean, we talked about the goal. Mark made the point that it was a good header because, as he he did head it down, and the keeper flicks his arm up there. I mean, you 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 must have thought, my God, you know, we're ahead in this game, yeah, as I did. You yeah, know, it was unbelievable. It was a bit of
2: a muted response to the goal, to be perfectly honest, because I think everybody was just shocked hmm. that we'd been that bad. But we've gone ahead. And yeah, you're right. It's happened to us where, you know, we were two goals ahead against Stoke, should have killed the game off, didn't. And then we all know what happened. But great delivery from um, TGH. Um, And you you can understand why Corbran says, well, I don't really know which is best position because I don't know. I think I'd probably prefer him in midfield to right back. But it's not 100 percent.
0: I thought. I, one thought did, the other. I thought he did a tidy job yesterday, and to be honest, because well,
2: he was a lot better when Knight came on the
0: field. Well, and Knight, I'm considering. I think he must have had diarrhea or a stomach upset because it was a sudden illness. They said, and then maybe he absolutely shut himself to death. And they thought he didn't have any <laughs> body strength, but he came on and gave what I would say one of his best performances, didn't he? Would you agree with that? Yeah, I thought. I thought
2: Knight, Knight was decent, and and there was. There was purpose to what he did because he can go down the andy byman out of control speedboat route um and and he was doing that just before i mean he, he didn't have a great game at leeds uh and like a
0: great it, game yesterday i didn't think I got get, a yellow card as well for impetuosity
2: no i'm on a, i'm talking about jason knight oh, and jason. he didn't have a great game didn't have a great game at leeds a lot better yesterday i'd say well He's benefited from a rest but he didn't get any rest because he played for the republic of ireland didn't he so yeah um but hit that was pivotal changing the formation back to what most people would probably say we should have started with and changing the um uh getting night on in midfield made james and gardner hickman's contributions more meaningful we, we still didn't create Much, if anything, if much in in the final third, but um, you know, we got the three points, we kept a clean sheet. Um,
0: and And if I think we're four points, four points off third, you know, I mean, there's two teams that are running away with it at the moment. Mark, um, we're talking there about good performances. I think Matty James had a good game, Taylor Gardner Hickman, I thought was effective, but we're also saying in the same breath that the problems are midfield, and the lack of creativity. And if you take Cal Naismith out of that side, I think Ian's being a bit generous saying Viner's a passer. He can pick a pass for a defender. No, that but was... Neil
2: said that, Dave, not was me. go.
0: Okay. Neil said that no, 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 Viner can pick a pass, but he's good for a defender. For Viner, a defender, he's good for a... Viner's, uh, Viner's passing the last two years has improved dramatically. dramatically. But we're talking... I'm, I'm saying, a Mark, the midfield, we're talking about some good individual performances, yet we're saying... There's no service to the front men. So, yeah. How do we correct
4: that, Mark? Well, <laughs> I mean, you're left with with, with Matt, Matty James can pass the ball, but he's uh, primarily playing as a, uh, as a defensive pivot, normally with, with Joe Williams. I think the only player who can pass the ball, if, if you saw yesterday, but I don't know if he can do that. Uh, regularly would be Taylor Garner Hitman. He's the only player we got left who can who can pass the ball. Mm. If you want to make Jason Knight effective, really, you want him playing behind uh the front the front man in the hole, somebody who can arrive late on the ball and make those runs in an offensive capability. Mm. Yesterday he was used in a sort of you know uh a sort of press he gave he blunted Chief, didn't he in, in uh mm. in the midfield. He gave their, their central midfield a lot to think about. Because of his his energy, uh, you know, and his, his tackling, but he, that's not what he's there for. He's there to be an attacking midfielder, midfielder. Yeah. So you need somebody to somebody who can pass pass the ball to him and the forwards. All I can think of is Taylor Garner, Hitman. Because let's face it, if Carl naismith got a calf injury, he's going to be out for he's a few games. You can't rely on him.
0: You can't rely. You on
4: on can't. Him. Well, you know, he missed he missed twenty twenty four games last season. Yeah. Which last yes. that's nearly half a season. Not not. Uh, he didn't play fit, the When he's fit, Joe Williams isn't. Yeah, great. we we got we we, we got there. our the any we got our the yeah. any creative players. We've sold we sold Alex Scott. We we we, we, we have uh, we, we haven't. We also haven't got. We also haven't got a line breaker like like uh like Antoine Semenyo, Somebody who can break lines, hold hold the ball, is back to goal you know you couldn't knock him off he could, he could occupy three three defenders and dribble his way out of a uh, out of a coldest stat you've got nobody who can do that now no. so it's all about good service we just haven't got the good service oh. so he's going to have to come up with a game plan uh for Wednesday's game because well Ipswich we score we got Ipswich got... score from all over, but we yeah. we've got to be competitive. Well we, we can't got... play like that yeah. or get hammered. Simple as that. But play, but play but play a the formation the players know. Play yeah. 4-2-3-1, which funny enough, Ipswich play. They play a 4-2-3-1. So you yeah. can you can match yeah, them up yeah. by accident.
0: Yeah. Neil, what did you think of Mark Sykes yesterday? I mean, I thought he was crap against ineffective. Ineffective against Leeds and Rotherham. Didn't look on it. I think. Yeah, we used to play um, – um, I nearly mean, said Martin Scott then. We used to play
4: Alex Scott in that right-back role. And
0: I think Sykes, at right-back, he's not as good a defender as George Tanner.
4: But I think We played – played, sorry, played Scott as right wing-back. We never played him as right-back. OK, fair enough. All uh, right, but Sykes was started as a wing-back, but
0: effectively when we went back to the formation, he's a right-back. Neil, I, I think Sykes is OK, back there, at least he gets involved with the game and he gets forward a bit more than Tanner does and in the absence of McCrory, who was a specialist signing for that position I thought he did okay defensively yesterday, didn't you? I th- I thought Sykes yesterday,
5: his reading of the game had right. yeah, there were some times where he held onto the ball a bit too light, every time he got the ball at right back, they pushed a silver on him, on a very quick press to deny him any opportunity to come forward, so he was having to hit Long balls, hitting hopes, hitting hopes down the line and all the rest of it. So actually distribution-wise from him at right back, not great. But what he was very effective on yesterday was the cutbacks. The goals we've conceded, if we go back to, say, the Stoke game, mm. the second goal, down the right, cutback, Tanner's ball-watching, whether he had an injury at that time or whatever, he's ball-watching, a guy nips in the front. Yesterday, cutbacks-wise, we were really on it sharp to it yeah both on both sides both the left back and the right and the right back you know the reading of the game their interceptions of those we shut them down yeah um so Sykes I thought effective at right back we miss him up top obviously yeah because Feynman's out there and Feynman is just well we have because of that we,
0: we miss him up top but but we had, you know, I mean, because of the lack of service. I mean, Conway he had that long distance shot that was fielded by the keeper. I thought Bell was like a little boy lost running around. at night, there. night. With was the, it night it with the, the long the distance shot? Did. Bell was like a little boy lost running around out there. Viman, I thought, was uh, was poor. Well, in a in a three, the space
5: is going to be behind the wing backs, isn't it? Mm. And in the pa- in the past, that's where we've hit them on the three. Mm. When we've played against the three and against the wing backs. The space is behind the two wing-backs. Mm. That's where the space is. We were hitting balls just down the middle the whole time and expecting Tommy, who's got Karl McFazadeen behind him. Who's just, a donkey, isn't he? How he's still playing at this how, level. How you play those guys is you get it down on the ground and you get them turned. Mm. And you're playing it into the space and, you, and you're and getting the runners in behind. Bell behind, Conway behind mm. on the run. We were just looping balls up in the air and expecting... Then to, you know, with their back to it, what are they, five at nine? Yeah. Five at nine
0: of, or yeah, something yeah. like that?
5: They played with three. Bobby Thomas yesterday, the ex gas head, the, who went, he played for him, did he? Yeah. Right. Thomas was, you know, we made them look good defensively. Yes. Yeah. We made them look solid. But if you're just going to loop a ball and hit and hope and hit and hope and expect Sam Bell and uh, Conway, it was quite similar to the way we played against Birmingham. We tried the same sort of. Thing. Well, as we, we, as, didn't, we didn't hit.
0: Yeah, we didn't hit the didn't areas. Hit. No, no. Ian, um, Andy King. Yeah, he had his critics last season when he did play at centre half. But I thought he was. Uh, I thought he was one of the better performers yesterday. And that tackle he did down at the end, as yeah, you know, t- down towards in front of the Coventry City fans. I'm glad it's Wednesday when our next game is rather than Tuesday. But you know, he's a good player to have around the squad. And that was vintage Andy King, wasn't it?
5: Andy
2: King played very well, and when we we switched to a back four that we have been playing for a long time, um, a lot of things clicked into place. The other thing we did is we stopped letting, uh, for example, in the first half, I mean, I know Jada Silva's an ex-player, but did we need to give him the freedom of Ashton Gate when he came back in the first half? I mean, on some occasions, he was in 30 yards of space. Yes, he was. Out on that left flank. And it's a good job he's not a better crosser of the ball or a or a better player. And I don't think his crossing was too bad yesterday. But no, I thought Andy King, if if you look at the experienced players we had, uh Rob Dickey, Andy King, uh Matty play, James. Play good. And, and, I, and I I'm hoping that Matty James we don't hear that oh well um he's failed the second part of the concussion protocol with that head injury. And he's unavailable against Ipswich mm. because that wouldn't—it it would upset me, but it wouldn't surprise me um, uh, these days. And I'm not—I'm not saying I want people to play when they've got injuries. I certainly don't. Uh, but it's—it's it, it's getting increasingly difficult. And uh, Pearson and his coaches are going to have to sit down and come up with something um, cleverer that the players we've got are capable of playing. But during the uh, in the pre-season, uh, not just me, but loads of people on social media and loads of people I spoke to and on this podcast, we said, what players do we need? And the three players that kept coming up all the time was a centre-back, a creative midfielder, and a centre-forward. Yeah, Those were the three players that kept coming up time and time. And not, not just me saying it, not just you or Mark, Loads of people on social media saying, Why don't you know, we haven't got a Brian Tinian, we haven't got a Paul Hartley? Yeah, somebody that, no, somebody that no,
0: can, and if we're going to spend any money in January, that's it. Um, Mark, um, I think we've done the game to death, but just to finish off, uh, referee yesterday, David Webb, decent, didn't notice him too much.
4: Yeah, great. I thought it was a, a you know, a, a great, a great uh, performance, didn't notice him, kept the game flowing. Um, I think it thought he was very fair. and. Majority, the majority of the referees that we've had have been have been very good. I think you can be you can be you can get a lot away with more, more physicality in the championship. You know, a lot, lots of things going on. It corners that you wouldn't get away with in the Premier League. But it was a, a good. Physical performance,
6: yeah.
4: and the referee managed. He was very even-handed. Yeah, good for him. So you don't, you know, a referee that you don't see that keeps the game flowing is a great referee in my books. Yeah, no, I good. agree with
0: that. Neil, just short of twenty-three thousand in the stadium yesterday. Three thousand Coventry fans in the Atio. I mean, you know, it 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 was like a home game for them almost, wasn't it? I mean, I think Bristol City. We've safe. got to do something about this, yeah,
4: because it <laughs> creates. Well, they, oh, they were shouting out, is this a library? I felt inclined to shout, yes, do you want to borrow a book? Because yeah. it is like that, isn't it? A lot of the time. I we know, don't give them much to shout about, do we? About Sorry, Sorry Neil.
0: There's got to be 10 games a season when it's got to be packed like that. And I think it gives them an advantage. Well, I,
5: for years in E32, the people around me know my views on this. I've always felt like it's given them a huge advantage. Going back to that horrible year where we conceded all those late goals and all the rest of it the statistics were there that 85 or 80 85 percent of goals for opposition was scored at the end, and that you know Mm -hmm. ultimately second half every team plays that way yeah the away team always
0: yeah but the the counter to that is we like to play towards our end but but yeah yeah But i think if you do it the other way
5: realistically but you're right. You look at Bristol City, and it is normally voted one of the best away days. Yeah. And why is it voted one of the best away days? Where well, they come down, it's a nice place to go out and drink. It's a nice place to socialise, all the rest of it. And then you get there, blimey, they give us the whole stand behind the goal. Yeah. And and we can bring down in the numbers, and we can do this. Ultimately, how much money does City make from the away end? This is the thing that they charge. £39 or whatever like we'll that. call, it, call it 35 animal. quid times 3000 so about Over £100,000 yeah. that we're making and from the things in there. So I think, and that they always make that thing, yeah, we could segregate in the atto, but the cost of the security, the cost of the stewarding, the cost of mucking around with the turnstiles and all the rest of it, if there was an intent to do it... It would have been done by now. It would have been done yeah, by now. Yeah, fair enough. We've kind of given up on this. All I, right. I know Lee Johnson back in the day made a huge point on it. Uh, about, we're too nice, we give the entire away end to, to people.
0: Okay, look, we, we talked more about the game than uh, I intended and a few people said, don't focus too much on the game, talk about this. And I'm just going to play this out from here.
4: This is Nigel's post-match uh, interview. I think, I we, think you're going to have to turn the volume right up on it because it wasn't I'm very very. Going loud to, during the yeah, well,
0: you, you, uh, There you go, There's maximum volume on here. Here we go, this is part of it. And it will come out okay on the uh, here we go.
6: In positions where perhaps they're not as comfortable as they, they might be. Well, that's your that's that's not for me to say. That's for you to say, and other people to either agree with or disagree with. It doesn't matter. All that all I'm trying to do here, along with my staff and us as a as a as a whole football operation, is to make our football club more competitive. And whether that means we're a good football inside, or it means that we can scrap against people, or when the chips are down that, as it has been for the last two weeks, that we can come out on top in a tie game. So, as far as I'm concerned, it's just a a good afternoon for us to to come away with three points. And it definitely shows that you are now a team that is hard to beat more often than not. Well, I hope so. We'll we'll find out on Wednesday, won't we? I mean, that's the big thing. You know, I can say we're all on today and there might be one or two barbed comments on purpose from me. and, And they are. But I'm not bothered because... It becomes a situation in which I might be fighting for my job like anybody else's. Whether the players are fighting for a place, I might be fighting for my job. So I don't really care what other people think to be fair. But look, all I will say to you is, why don't you ask somebody above me for once? See if you can find somebody who's going to say anything. Um, but the last two weeks have been very irritating for me. I'm not exactly in the best situation, but I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine and, and I'll get better. And... Uh, and i on my contract
0: so we'll see where it goes in there we go um ian uh that's prompted a thread on otib That's uh last time i looked yeah i'm not saying i think it was 10 pages long already uh, first thing um irritated i mean he talked about his situation and just hearing that again actually he's still got that back problem but what has irritated him do you think over the last couple of weeks is that he didn't get his back operation done or or he talks about the people upstairs you asked them what were your what was your take when you heard that
2: it's very interesting where he said see if you can get an answer out of anybody that was the telling phrase um it's not up to him whether he gets a new contract and opinions split on whether he should you you know my opinion um i think we should leave it until christmas and if we are where we are now and we're prepared to give the man some money to straighten the squad, um, then, yes, he should get a new contract. I would, I'm would. i a big fan of the one-year rolling contract because it gives him security. It gives the club security. So, But not now because we're not playing well enough. We're not doing well enough. What I and say- we haven't done, um, well, hang on. We haven't done well enough in the last three seasons. Now, when the club put uh, an accountant in charge they didn't replace the ceo probably because he's been made redundant and they had to compromise him out is is a guess uh, and you can't make a position redundant and then employ somebody in the same position certainly for not for a certain length of time if you remember when mark ashton first came in he was a, a chief operating officer um and then he became ceo because they previously sacked uh, made the the previous ceo redundant i believe uh, to get him out now the alexander's gone you have to say if the ceo is an important and key position as it was when we brought in richard gould and it was when we replaced richard gould why haven't we got one and why have we got an accountant uh gavin marshall overseeing i think group wise and another guy who was also another accountant whose name i forget. Is is the football in operations CEO, uh, COO? Sorry, not CEO. So, it, it it to me it seems if you put guys that are financial people, uh, and I hate this phrase football people because sometimes clubs have them and, and they're real bad news, but they're financial people, not football people, not commercial people. Um, it strikes me that you're con- trying to control costs. Mm-hmm. I, More than I, you're trying to control football.
0: I, I I take issue on a point there, Ian, about because you're putting the accountants as in, you know, the bean counter types, yeah. And I speak as a qualified accountant myself, although left the profession over thirty years ago. Um, you know, you can have commercially oriented people in those positions that have sorry, people who know the numbers but are commercially okay as well i think there's a lack of football people at ashton gate and i think all of us here we probably know as much i dare i say more about football than the people at the very top of this club so shouldn't your to to pick you up on that so shouldn't your football
2: operations officer your chief operating officer for football
0: know about football Depends what you say, No about football because that's implying that he needs to be a football player.
2: Huh. For example, who does Brian Tinian now report to? Well, who he does probably, report, he's re-
0: probably reporting into that person with an accountancy background who's carrying the title of chief operating officer. Look, at the end of the day, what it boils yeah, down but who to who does
2: Nigel Pearson report well, to? This the is same place. This
0: is, this is Steve Lansdowne's train set, and he can do doesn't give a, he, he really doesn't give a flying, you know what, about what we think. We're sat on here today chewing this over, but it's his club. He'll. not it. Dave.
2: It's not. It's not us. It's that's irrelevant. It's the fan base. All right, right? the fan base. All you right, right, you right know,
0: but the fan base. But there's people. You know, say, so, so
2: the fan base are saying, should we give Nigel?
0: No oh, that's not very generous giving him a rolling twelve-month contract. Actually, you know, I think they could give him. Mean, no one's offered
2: that in the club.
0: Yeah, Dave, no that's day just day. what we've
2: spoke about. That's, what we right? spoke that's about. just what you decided to put on OTIB. Yeah. You decided to put on there about a, a one-year rolling contract. The club have not mentioned it.
0: No, the club. And by the club, it's the Lansdowne's. That's what we're talking about. I don't think either I, might yeah, but, so here, what are these, I don't think either of them were at the what game. are these
2: other well, hang on. What are these other characters doing then if it's just the Lansdowne's?
0: If well, it's just a landmine. Like operating staff. You said it yourself. Ian. every decision involving money is taken by yeah, big e. money. Take yeah, big money. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But day-to-day yeah. stuff. These these people on the sideline, they're not involved on the training ground with Nigel and Brian Tinian. Mark, let me let me Can bring. You, I mean,
2: no, no, Dave. I'm not suggesting they are. But if is you ask me why I I felt he's irritated. It could be that since Richard Gould's gone, or since, um, what's that other guy's name? Phil Alexander. Phil Alexander. Since he's gone, Nigel Pearson doesn't know who he's reporting to. No,
0: I'd agree. So
2: somebody somebody on here says, Lansdowne makes all the decisions. Yeah, I know that. All the major financial decisions, yeah. If we're going to get a new franking machine, he doesn't decide about that, right? But all the major expenditure he deals with and he signs off all the budgets totally understand that but this is what we're yeah. talking about We're talking about does the club think nigel pearson is the man to take them forward now i might there you go, is, right? you might think yeah. he is he might be thinking well then i'm if i'm going to take the club forward i need a three-year contract all right i don't mean to say the club got I, don't, you I, mean,
0: I don't think look i think i don't think I think I said this on Twitter the other night. I don't think Nigel, I don't think Nigel is the sort of guy who, he, he's the sort of guy that he could walk even if he was given a three-year contract tomorrow. If things weren't going great, he's. I think he's at a stage of his life, and you just read some of the in-depth articles about him, where football isn't his be-all and end-all. Mark, you've got your hand up there. Ian and I have had a little bit of a rant between us. Um, you know, did, was was the irritation comment because there was a, was he talking about his health with his back, you know, because he said, I'm not in a good place at the moment. Does he have that back? Or was he hoping that maybe somebody was going to say, oh, Nigel, no, you know, maybe not now, but we're going to give you a new contract. It's only going to be a rolling 12-month one in the 1st of Jan. What do you think prompted that comment?
4: I, uh, yeah, I'll put it in very simplistic terms th- from the human side. I think Nigel Pearson's in a lot of pain following his back operation. That fin- That's influenced his comments uh on on radio bristol he goes into work every day he uh you know in in probably in pain he sat on the bench and curtis fleming's doing all the directing because he's not able to stand up so at the moment he's not in a good place mentally because of his back operation i think that's the first thing the second thing is the club pro- possibly deliberately don't want to clarify the uh, is his position and because of his his back problem he is having problems reconciling those two things. Normally, we think as Nigel Pearson is totally unflappable; nothing gets past him. He can deal with anything. I think with his back problem and he is feeling the pressure. There's a, there's a mess in terms of communication. Uh, the club isn't doing great. You know, he can't do what he wants on the pitch because of constant injuries. That's affecting things. So I think he's trying to force the issue now because influenced by his back injury, he wants the club to make a decision. The fan base uh, might want that. He, now let's let's look let's look at the results and, and what he's done over the past three years. Nigel Pearson, based on that, doesn't deserve uh, a two-year contract, possibly a rolling contract, maybe. Yeah, but it looks like because of Nigel's uh, uh, Nigel's uh, health and where he is mentally at the moment, and it is just my opinion that he is trying to force the issue. Now, if he is trying to force the issue and he wants a decision now, and he's putting the club in that position, they could agree to part company uh, on amicable terms sooner rather than later. That is an option, but it would mean the club would have to have somebody lined up, and they could make some sort of settlement. Obviously, if that's Nigel's decision uh, and the club haven't forced it, they wouldn't have to pay. They they wouldn't have to pay off the remainder of his contract. But if he wants a decision now, the club, I would say, don't want to award him a new deal because that's why they're letting it go on. So if, if that's the case, they believe that and Nigel wants a decision, they could come to you know, an amicable decision that he goes. He is independently wealthy, doesn't need another job. He's got interest at outside football. And with his health now, why would he want to put himself through that? There's a there's a good book on football management called Living on the Volcano, which uh, talks about the pressure that managers are under. You know, would you want to do that job? It must be an absolute nightmare. You're damned yeah, if you I do, and you're think... damned it if you don't. Constantly yeah. being uh, under pressure for results. I mean, I'd say it's worse than trying to be trying to be prime minister. The amount of decisions, having people on your back, fan base all the time, uh, and I think. With our fan base, because of the way that the, the way that the club haven't progressed, it's not necessarily they want to. I think in their heart of hearts, they don't want to necessarily want Nigel to stay because uh, of his of his ability, what he's done. It's just for continuity purposes because we, we, we they want stability in the club, and that's it. Because they're worried about what will come after. Nothing's guaranteed yeah. in life. We are worried about what came after and you'll look at look at replacing Derek McGuinness with Sean O'Driscoll and what a disaster that was. There have been so mm. many examples down in the history of Bristol City where he replaced somebody with, a, with somebody very poor afterwards, well, you know, Bobby Houghton, uh, Benny yeah. Lenartson, and it's been an absolute, let's put it, a shit show. But if, if yeah. Nigel, listen, I'll put it out there, if Nigel wants a decision now, and I think it's been influenced by his health, if he wants a club to make a decision, then they won't give him a new contract. I'd say, then part on amicable terms. But the club better have a succession plan in place, or somebody lined up to make sh- ensure they stay in this division. They'll yeah. exactly the same problems that Nigel does. But if Nigel yeah. wants that decision made soon, then uh, and I think it's been influenced by his health to sort it out. It'll be okay. much easier for there him. You. His health, the club, and the fan base will get a clear answer. Yeah. How's that, Neil? Well
0: said. Well said, Mark. That was very rational. Very rational points put forward there. What's What's your take on it, Neil?
5: I mean, it's. But it, there's 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 two sides to it, and and Mark and Ian have both made very good points in relation to it. But going back to the summer transfer window, when Scott got sold and the rug got pulled underneath him, really, he he was going on about there was the plan A and the plan B in the summer, and things have changed. And he kept being asked, didn't he? Well, what 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 do you mean things have changed? And he's like, I'm not the right person to be asking those questions to. You need to be speaking to somebody else. And nobody from the club came out. And then we had the Phil Alexander thing. You were going, come on, Phil, where are you? Type thing. Yeah. And then, well, it was I, in- I, th-
0: I think I think I don't think he was made redundant. I think he left by mutual. I think it was mutual consent. Was I would agree consent. because and the then, thing that who we say you know. We talk about the trade set owner, but who did the stuff with the press when it came to um Alex Scott's transfer? Because it was Lansdowne that was speaking. And then Phil, when he did that interview, Alexander, when he did that interview on Radio Bristol, he was almost saying, oh, I felt privileged to be involved in the transfer of Alex Scott. It was almost as if he'd been told, you better say you're involved in this. Or was his card already marked that he was going out the door then? So the, the, the
5: stuff fundamentally going on, at the football club at the moment. There's there's no... All the points that Mark's made, I won't go through it again because he made them very well. With regards to his health, we've all been in those situations whereby you've got a chronic condition or something like that. You're a very patient person. You watch what you say. You're not somebody to... You know, when he first came that first year, he was throwing everybody and anybody under the bus, Mm. (laughs) in a way. And he's he's rode back from that position now, and he's very tactful normally, and he just says, "Well, I'm not going to answer that. I'm not going to answer." Yesterday, you could tell pain, whatever. He just had enough. Yeah, he had enough yesterday, and he did it. The issue I have is that that type of approach just never works at Bristol City. Yeah, it just never works. There's there's if if you front up the landstans, then there's only go- one winner. There's only one winner. Yeah. There's only one winner in that situation, and almost calling them out. But I think somebody does have to come out and explain what has changed because we're talking about thirty-five million pounds worth of players that we've sold in the January in the January, and, and spent about seven. So I
0: don't, think, you we, I don't
5: think we spent that, Dave. I
2: think you oh, no, i'm just
5: i'm being i'm being I think, generous I, on... th- I think i think we've committed i think we've mm-hmm. committed well i think we've committed to the tgh All right. scenario well let's call it a...
0: let's call it seven and you don't yeah. need to talk about wages commentary had thirty five million they spent twenty we have forty five million and we've spent what six from from what
5: from what i can see about it it's probably the case that lanzan has said you know what every year i write a cheque for 20 million or whatever like that i convert it into shares he doesn't lose out on the money he's a clever yeah. financial guy he just converts it into equity and all the rest mm-hmm. of it but maybe this year he's decided do you Enough. know what i'm not going to do it this year i think we need to be a little bit of that's fine that's his set. his choice that's, that's his, his, money. his choice on whether he's going to do it but at least be communicate that Mm. At least somebody come out and well, actually say this is this is the way we are going this year. It's been left to Nigel to field these questions about what's changed, Nigel. Well,
0: I'm the wrong person to ask. Yeah. Why can't you do it, this? It, it, I'm the wrong. It, person Neil's to right, ask. Ian, isn't he? Because you know we've got there's a Bristol Sport Communications person, Lisa Knight, and then who is it? Roger is it Roger Barton, the club? Yeah, Dave there's, Barton. Dave
2: Barton. There's Dave. No, there's Barton nothing works for works for Lisa.
0: Right, but there's nothing. <coughs> Coming out of the club that the fans want, yeah. Expect, do we have a right to expect anything?
2: Well, yeah, we do because we still fund the club to a great degree. Um, the season ticket holders, um, the people who buy pay on the day, and as we we spoke about last week, the gates have held up and the away following's held up brilliantly. Um, Mm. for a club that's that's doing okay. Okay, I know we're eighth in the table. Just to address a couple of things that have come in is is uh, from people who are listening, and thanks very much for doing that. Um, maybe the fans putting pictures of him as Hitler on the forum doesn't help. Uh, yeah, that doesn't. That's very unhelpful. I'm taking you mean they're putting pictures of, of uh, Pearson as, as Hitler. I don't know. I I, I don't read that forum. And Tim's also said. Tim Monahan's also said. Who would want a managerial role with no money to spend and an owner who is clearly trying to affect team selection? Insanity. I don't think you can throw that at Lansdowne. I don't think he's trying to affect team selection. I think Neil made a very good point. Steve's been pumping in 16, 17 million a year for the last two or three years. He's he's putting all together, including what he spent on the stadium, I'll call it 300 million. And I think he just got to a point and said, well, We should be doing better. And this is the point in the interview he made when he started talking about Coventry and Luton and Robbins. He he was making the point look, I put all this money in. These clubs haven't got all that money going in. These clubs haven't signed 21 players. Um, Certainly, and they're not paying the wages that we are. How come they're where they are? And Millwall's another one. And, And we're not doing it. Now, that has got to be directed. At the first team coach, manager, doesn't matter what you call them. And what's there, three or four lost their jobs so far this year? Rowett went mm-hmm. last week. Yeah. So, you, he's, Lansdowne's now saying, right, I think, I think Neil's spot on. Right. I've got a guts full of this. I've put a load of money into this club. You've got training facilities that are out of this world. And we don't seem to be making progress. Now, you're signing players and to go to my point about signing players better than the ones we've got we're not all right we haven't seen some of them yet but you know the the ones i mentioned aren't better than what we're already here now we don't want to be signing squad players or backup we want to be signing players that are going to take us to the next level now if we can't afford that the club should come out and say well we've got a wage bill so we're playing kids so yesterday instead of Mucking about with the defence like we did, we just said, right, you know, we need a centre back to come in. Cam's going to camp. We want Cam to stay where he's best. Bingo! Come on, come on in, Duncan Iden, and give give the yeah. kid a game or a Royer yeah, or, or but you know the the fact Nigel's the second longest-serving manager in the Championship behind Mark Robbins tells you everything you want to know about the pressure that they're under. But they are very well paid. And they have got legally binding contracts that a lot of people Mm. in business don't have. Mm. So, you know, so if you, 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 a manager's got a three year contract and you were sick to death and fed up of him after about six months, then you've got to pay him for the next two and a half years until such time.
0: It's rolling 12 month, or they could give him an 18 month contract on the 1st of Jan, which is like giving him a year's, it's giving him next season again. I think. Pearson's results, as you've said, Ian, on numerous occasions, you know, 15 wins a season. We've had a without historical Bristol City going down a division and starting a game. So I personally think he's worth an 18-month contract effective from the 1st of January. If we are where we are now, and then I would like to see the Lansdowns back him a little bit in the transfer market, right? With, And we're going to have players coming back. You know, I mean, we could... You know, we we could mount a playoff challenge, but again, I tweeted this yesterday. There's about 15 clubs this stage into the season that would all say they can mount a playoff challenge, and that's how close this division is. Mark, let me. Uh, yeah, you, make your you, word. You've got to, it, you've got
2: to come back to this this thing about you know you're saying we're, we're going to get players back. Yeah. My question to you would then be when.
0: Well, I'm. And so, your
2: question, be, and then you'd say, well, I, I don't know.
0: Don't give Pearson so, a contract extension now. Let's see where we are on the 1st of Jan. But before we know where we are, you know, it's only bloody eight weeks until Christmas. Mark, is the one? Well, well, yeah, but there's what there's you did, just, just to market just market.
2: to make the point, Dave, What it's all right saying, well, if you don't give him a contract now, you know, but we could get to uh, Christmas and be 16th, 17th. And in danger of getting sucked down.
0: And I said, give do, him a contract, look do, where we are on the first of Jan. Because if you back him, if if we are where we are on the first of Jan, you can't yeah. I think they're not mutually exclusive. I think you've got to give him a contract and you've got to give him some money to push on in the second half of the season. Mark, you'll oh, take if we yeah just if, itch. Mark if we are. Yes. Mark, what do you say?
4: I'd say um, just let him know. What, uh, just let him know now that he's that if he could, the results if we're uh, in a certain position in the table come January, then the, they, they would consider giving him a rolling contract. I wouldn't give him an eighteen month contract. I think a rolling twelve month contract. No a rolling,
0: okay, but you could give him a you could give him a contract. You'd word it in such a way that your contract, your notice period. You know, you've got a contract that goes to the end of June twenty. 20- Twenty-five, yeah, and then it's a rolling twelve-month, cancellable by either side, giving the other one appropriate notice. So it's a twelve-month rolling contract. After well,
4: it needs some clarification. It needs some. Clarif- it needs yeah. some cl- it's not going to get clarification yeah. in public. It's not going to happen. Let's, let's put it in some. It's got, let's get some simplistic. Something simplistic. Let Nigel know where 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 you are. Just talk talk to him. About you know where what what uh, what may happen uh, if you if you are going to give him a contract and um, what form that contract might be right. if the club's in a certain position by say by January by the by the transfer when uh, okay. well, the transfer window and that you may depending on that position give him some funds in in the uh, transfer window to bring players in. I'd say it might be to shore up because I see as as a, a at the moment as a mid-table side. I think the division is poor up to uh up to 12 games we're punching above our weight in eighth place Uh, I'm, you know we've only won we've we've won two games in in six home games we haven't you know it's our away form that's keeping keeping us there and i think it's a bit of an anomaly but if he wants to force the issue sort it out now and that is simple as that and i think he's obviously feeling the he's feeling the pressure influenced by his by his ill health he, he mostly he may have some chronic condition it might be best for all parties if he moves on if that's what he wants it's not going to get clarified now the club aren't going to go out and award him a contract he doesn't deserve it based on results if he wants something sorted now if he wants to sort the issue then get it done you all can right. you can walk right. you can walk away and think about your health because at the end of the day it's this uh, health uh, that we've got, you know, that he should be, be concerned well, with. That's what he started
0: want. off what I will call a big week in, in a positive way, being them. Neil, uh, your, your, your your shout on this. I mean, what do you think between now and the next international break, which is now only four games away, do you think there will be anything for the club or are they just going to keep their keep their heads down Until Christmas, and they'll keep they'll keep their heads down. There won't be any. There'll be nothing. They're not. They're not going to break cover, are they? No, they're not. Because they couldn't give a shit (laughs) about what we
5: think. (laughs) They're not going to. They're not going to break up. But I I think for me, when Nigel came in, now Nigel, you know, he's not a Neil Warnock, and I think if they, if I write in here and a Neil Warnock might be going to Millwall, I think I said that to you. But it's too early in the season for him to do a tournament. But. you know, he's not a firefighter after the Watford and going into Watford, he always sort of needed. What he wants now, he wants a project. And he sees Bristol City as a project and yeah. when he came in, he got given a three year deal. And he said, right, okay, it's going to take X amount of time to get rid of all of, you know, these players to turn it around, to be the team that I want it to be and all the rest of it. Yeah. I think what he's looking for at the moment by way of communication, reading between the lines, taking on board everything that we've spoken about already, is what is the plan? What is the three-year plan now, right? We've done this three-year plan. What is the three-year plan? Point. If you turn around to him and you give him a one-year rolling contract, he's like, well, okay, but what is the plan? What is the three-year plan? What is the strategic plan of it? Are we turning around as a club and saying, we are now going to be operating on a new financial model compared to where we were in the past, i.e., Lansdowne's going to say I'm going to only put in a maximum of ten million per season, not twenty million, and then we're operating on a much lower uh, cost base. Mm. If that's the plan, then okay, that's be the open plan. with him and tell him. And I think, then at
0: sixty, he just turned sixty. I think it's sixty, if Nigel was said, look, we're, we're not going, we're we we're, we're happy where we are in a, you know, we're not going to go down, but we want to, we're happy with this mid-table. Championship well, status, oh, then then the oh, fans need to know that. But if that's the case, then I think Nigel might say, I don't want to be... I, I I don't need the hassle of being a championship manager if you're not going to back me to take this to the next stage. And as Tomo said on here, I think I... Nigel does want to stay at Bristol City. Full stop, is what Tomo says. and Nigel he's quite, wants to stay. Nigel wants to stay. <laughs> but I think with it, it's just, you know, what are our
5: hopes and aspirations as a club? Mm. I oh, really, you know, the interviews that Landstand's done in the last year or so have been like pointing out how other teams are sort of doing I know. it. But what about you? What What do we want? What do you as the owner, what do, the, the, the senior leadership team, what are the hopes, aspirations? Because if it's to be competitive in the division, that's one thing. And you've got to be careful because look at Ipswich. Mick McCarthy for years and years and years, you know, solidified. They got rid of him, they bought in Paul Hurst. They, and they dropped went, down. They've been they they six in years through.
0: in the...
5: Yeah, I mean, you look at the but clubs that have gone down into League One and are having to do that reset and then come back. Some of them dropped the Coventry's... Well, Ports, Portsmouth have been down for years, haven't they? Portsmouth, Coventry went all the way down to League Two yeah, yeah. before the reset. So what, what are your hopes, aspirations? So if it may remain competitive in this division, then, OK, you go out and you say, this is where our cost base is now. We've had to look at it. And this is what we're doing. But there's nothing. There's nothing. And then it's just ambiguous amongst the supporters. Supporters are second-guessing. Nigel's had enough on the basis of Mark eloquently put his whole sort of thing. Right, what are we doing here? What are we doing? And I don't see a, a year rolling contract. He's a project man. He wants to you know build a firm foundation no, and sort of but he is at a stage
0: it, of his life no but he is at a stage of his life and he's at so i'll come to you in next yeah he's at stage of his life and i'll give you an example right i I, uh, I everybody knows i do recruitment i've recently recruited an md for a company but the existing md who's 62 same age as nigel he'd been with the company six years and this particular business they got new private equity backers Right, and who've got a plan to triple the size of the company in Europe over the next three years? Right. He's 62, he's got a doesn't need the hassle. And he's turned around and said to the new owners, I don't, I want to pull out now. I don't want to give this another three years. So even if you gave Pearson a three-year contract, people have talked, we've talked about his health in this interview here. Does he really want to be trundling along? keeping this club bringing youngsters through that are being sold right if 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 the club is saying you know we we are happy peddling our wares as a mid-table championship side so he he might not want to stick around for 3 years he might say well yeah but i
5: don't think and i'm conscious that we said yeah. we'd go to him, but i don't think you give somebody a 3 year and then you get to the 3 year and then he say well now, oh, we're just going to go to you.
0: that's about no, but if we give no, him a three-year contract as of the first of January, no. If we give him a three-year year contract, contract one-year rolling. Well, if you give somebody? If you give him a three-year, well, it's like I signed a three-year lease on my office building, right? And yeah. then and then I'm, I review it, and it's a rolling yeah. three-months notice period now. Right, yeah. Ian, go on. Have your bit in there now. Go on, fire away. Well,
3: it,
2: we're talking about does he want this? Does he want that? I mean, there's two ways a negotiation works. You you sit down with somebody. Firstly, what cut to to Neil's point, you have to clarify what the strategy is. Now, I'm sure if you spoke to Steve Lansdowne and you said, where do you want to be? He'd say in the Premier League. Right. What people don't seem to ever ask him is, well, how are you going to do it? But I'll tell you what his answer would be. I think, come back all I said, Steve, if it's all wrong, um, is he'd say, well, we, we want to develop our own players. Yeah. In an ideal world, I'd like a team of 11 homegrown players um, and they'd that team would take us to the top of the league. Now, I've just briefly looked at uh, Ipswich, where our friend Mr Ashton is. they are waveforms, played five, won four, drew one, lost none. They've only scored six, but they've only conceded two. Then I had a look at their team. And it's got a real third division feel to it. Looked at their team in their last home game. It's got a real third division feel to it with Wes Wes Burns on it. So they haven't gone out.
0: He's got shoulder injury. He's out for a period.
2: They haven't gone out and signed a team of superstars and spent 50 million or anything like that. I think they spent about 3 million in the transfer market. And they seem to have hit the ground running in a way that we didn't when we came up. So if, if you want to get to that, get to the Premier League, I think he's, he's, Steve would probably say, yeah, I've done the, the spend big and you'll get there. And we didn't. You know, we went out and, and, and I know it's a lot of it's about timing and pre-pandemic and all that kind of stuff. We went out, we got Callas, we got De Silva, we got Casey Palmer. We spent all this money, at which Mark Ashton hasn't been allowed to do at Ipswich is own, the owners of the club have said no no that's the amount of money you're getting pal and you've got got to get by with that and he has and he's gone out in fairness to him and recruited a very good young coach by the look of it so i, I think nice human being but if you said to um if you said to to steve lansdowne what do you want the answer is always we want to get to the premier league mm-hmm. i just i don't see and Nigel Pearson is the type of bloke that will tell him. Um, I don't see a clear path to doing that with the budget that we've got and the players that we've got at the moment. Um, and and I'm allowing for the fact that we will get one or two more gems through from the academy. Perhaps not Alex Scott level, but probably Semenyo level.
0: Yeah, well, I um, think Tommy like, know is heading down that path.
2: Well, if he gets a Scotland cap and, and he does well in the World Cup, the full cap, and he does well in the World Cup, then he'd be gone straight away. But I, I think we have to the the contract situation with Nigel Pearson. Um, the thing that worried me was when he when he said, "Well, you know, you go and see if you can find anybody to give you an answer," because that more or less says, "Well, I've tried," and and who'd you speak to? Yeah, and. So I think we're, we're due one of Steve Lansdown's, um it'll probably be an interview either with Radio Bristol or or the club, which, I mean, the club one, he's not going to ask get asked difficult questions, is he, by um, Dave Barton? No. So no. I think it's about time he did a Radio Bristol one and said, All right, Steve, the CEO went. Now, if that job is so important that you have to have one and pay them a lot of money, you shouldn't be able to just get rid of the get rid of the position which we haven't got a CEO now. No. We've got a new structure. So how's this new structure work, Steve? Yeah, well he, needs, I mean, who, he needs
0: yeah he needs the the land's down or,
2: you know, John. Or, or it needs to be the lad that um is is the chief financial officer if he's at the head of things if you will because the, the guy that is a football operations officer was reporting into him and I think uh Gavin Marshall the top man isn't it if it's the right Gavin, c- can you come on Radio Bristol and explain how the new structure works, who everybody reports to, and how how would Nigel Pearson go about getting a new contract? And when will it? Because Alexander was very cagey, I would say, when he was asked. Well, Nigel's been round the track and he knows, he knows what's going on and all that. Next minute, he's gone. So you're bound to get, when you get an absence of communication like this, the rumour mill starts ticking over at a million miles an hour and it doesn't work. And no, as fans, we, we, as state, let's call ourselves stakeholders in the club, mm. you know, we've got a right to know. So just, I mean, open invitation, Steve Lansdowne, Gavin Marshall, if you happen to be listening or anybody at work who's listening, come on the podcast. The floor is yours. We're not going to ask you tricky questions. So, Ian, We're just going to ask on, you.
0: They won't. come on. Tell us the truth. They won't come on here. in a million years. They, they why not? On, they might get on the official. I mean, the unofficial official Bristol City podcast. No, no I, I don't know. I it mean, it's an open open
2: invite to come on here and, and explain what the situation is because at the moment we don't know.
4: Well, you can ask. <laughs> you can. You can. <laughs> you can <laughs> David, you can do. You can. You can do. And this is what they do. on the channels. Um. Uh, Forever Bristol City approached the club to comment. And so far, they declined to yeah. provide oh, an like answers.
0: Tim Honan's made a good point. You end up losing the fans if we haven't got a project to buy into. <laughs> and he said, I'd like yeah blah, blah, blah. Todrick came in there somewhere, holiday to the Maldives and some air, but I ain't going to get it. You know, be well, careful the, what you wish the, for. The biggest thing
5: for me, I'm conscious of the time, the biggest thing for me is the chairman situation. I mean, if you're going to be an owner and you're not going to be, you know, uh, you're going to be overseas and all the rest of it, then the chairman needs to come forward, doesn't it? But it's not going to happen because you, you. Well, the chairman's can't... the boy. Well, it's the boy is the, John. Well, this is it—the nepotism—the <laughs> nepotism that's shown. All right, hey. Uh, with regards to it, if you're going to, if you're going to have a, a company structure that's going to be actually, you know, effective don't put your son, your absent son, as
0: the chairman of the football club. I'm sorry, no, but... You could have an just... executive chairman, right? Look, they exactly. could do no they could do no worse than to drag Richard Scudamore out of retirement and say, Richard... Yeah, but Dave, you're it.
2: always assuming that Richard wants to come and do it, and he clearly right, doesn't. Right. I mean, He's... He
0: was, he, he was courted to get who should you recommend as chief exec, and he, he recommended Phil Alexander. Right, look. Uh, so yeah. we're gonna so that, there this. you are. So we we're obviously don't want the job. We're going to be doing this to death. Until something drops, we've got Ipswich coming up on uh, on Wednesday. We'll be doing our match review of Ipswich on uh, Thursday morning, at uh, nine o'clock. I know Dave Fevs. I've got Dave lined up for uh, that one. Look, yesterday was um, you know it was it was a it was a sad day yesterday for anybody connected with football because it was the passing of uh, Sir Bobby Charlton at the age of eighty-six. I was old enough to remember him in that 1968 uh, European Champions final. Uh, He scored, I think, the first and the fourth goals in that particular game. I did see him play once, and that was for Manchester United, not against Bristol City. This was October 1972, 51 years ago. It was a League Cup tie at the GAS. I was over there, Stepney, Best, Bobby Chant was in there. If you look on YouTube, there's a little snippet of that particular thing, because the buggers, they went up to Old Trafford in nineteen seventy-three. This was they went up there and beat them two one in the replay, yeah, fifty-one years ago. But uh, Bobby Charlton, you know, missed you know, he is He's, of his era like Stanley Matthews was in the era prior to that. So I saw in the ones. Mark, Bobby Charlton, your your tribute and did you ever see him play in the flesh? Um
4: uh... No, uh, bit, I'm, I'm, I'm 55 years old, but I wasn't fortunate enough to, to, to watch Bobby Charlton play. I'll just say a, a couple of things. One of the best footballers this country has ever produced. And then following that, one of the best football ambassadors for this country ever. The man was dignified, respected, completely respected. To think that he came when he came through Man United in 1955, and lost close friends in that Munich air disaster. What he went through, and then uh, you know him and Matt, Matt Busby, you know half a team, half a team lost. What that would have done to players mentally today, when you know you be probably suffering from PTSD for a long for a long time, and wouldn't have had the uh, the uh, the people in place to be able to be able to deal with it. He came through that, won the World Cup with England, won the European Cup against Benfica in '68 um didn't maybe didn't succeed in football management i think he tried it preston Mm. but what a wonderful ambassador for 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 english football he'll be sadly missed because he was a giant we don't make people like that anymore he was he was brilliant so very sorry to see him pass
0: neil you're another young man relative well i'm the oldest one here i mean when he dies at 86 and you're age 67 you're thinking 19 more seasons of watching bristol city if you're lucky or not but uh Neil, not old enough to have seen him play, but his reputation, the two goals in the World Cup semi-final that beat uh, Portugal in 1966,
5: but last, last of the last, last of the Busby Babes, last, last of you know years, and it, it, it's one of those deaths that makes you think about your own mortality, mortality mm. to a certain degree, right? Mm. Okay, that these icons of the game are dying. Obviously, 86 is a good age. Do you know what I mean? It's not. We're not talking about. But did he have dementia? He did. Is he another one that probably yeah. headed those very heavy balls? I wouldn't
0: have seen it as a header balls. of a ball, but, uh, yeah. but it was that wispy, you know, that. A over, over, yeah. One yeah. I
4: think it leaves. Didn't it, didn't they say on the news last night that Hurst is the only surviving member of the He year? is, which yeah. I, I didn't realise. Probably. Roger Hunt had got No, no hey, I didn't. Sorry, Neil. Carry on. Yeah.
0: It's, um,
4: sorry, Neil. Yeah, it's
0: it just he's the last one. Jeff Hurst, Hurst is a very good nick, actually.
5: There we go. But, uh, I mean, it's, it's more a question of English football then, really, isn't it? The, the last time we won the World Cup, there's only one person still alive from <laughs> that the team when we last won the World Cup. There we go. Wonderful, man. You go up to Old Trafford, you go across to the Bobby Charlton stand mm. there, and they have all their seats and they're all named. And like the Busby family, have six seats there permanently mm. for them. Bobby Charlton similarly has four seats. And in that stand... At Old Trafford, these are just icons of the game
4: that, beyond their death, the family is still gifted six or four seats and all the rest of it. Yeah, that's wonderful. Mind, but... That's that's respect. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's Manchester United. It's it's different, but the, it just shows respect that it runs through the generations and it, it never changed at that club. Ian, you're that's uh, a wonderful testament, isn't
0: it? Ian, you're uh, uh, not as old as me, but older than... Uh, Neil and uh, Mark, did you ever see him in the flesh? And what what would your recollections or tribute be to Sir Bobby Sir Bobby Charlton?
2: Well, there are very very few Englishmen who can say on the World Cup winner. He was one of them. Never saw a guy, uh, apart from I think possibly Johnny Giles, the old Leeds player, but that was passing, not shooting. Who could hit a ball equally well with either foot, right foot, left foot, twenty five yards, top corner. They and, and not smell it. Um, he was so ahead of his time because he he played with a number nine on his back for England, but he he, he wasn't a centre forward. He played in that role in behind as they call it now. So he because uh, people forget when we this four three three, you know, oh, it's it's brilliant, it's new stuff. We played four three three when we won the World Cup, and the front three were Alan Ball, uh, Jeffers, and Roger Hunt and you had charlton coming up behind him you had nobby stars in there as your uh what would now be called a holding midfield player used to win.
0: Your creative one
2: yeah and and he'd, he'd win the ball and kick people um and and obviously you had that rolls royce uh best defender one of the best footballers i've ever seen uh bobby moore uh at, at center back and if you ever want to know who were the best two central defenders in the history of the game, uh, it would be Bobby Moore and anyone else because he was that good. Um, So, yeah, very, very sad. Um, And I suppose a lot of people would look at that age and say, well, in fairness, he's had a good innings. Uh, But I remember that World Cup, watching that in the council flat down St. Jude's where I grew up. And also the 1968 European Cup at Wembley. Uh, where he got a header and he didn't get many, but he, he got that header. Um I think it's important to remember that it's just not heading the football that gets you dementia is the it's the biggest killer in the country. And lots of people get it who've never been never been near a football field. But uh yeah very, very sad. And um but I, I think he had the life that he wanted to have. He he wasn't a guy that wanted to be on all the talk shows and telling you how great he was and all the rest of it. But um seems that and and it's what I find with really good footballers and and I have to say that's what I find with a lot of the um older city players, particularly the ones that um Neil looks after in the at the former players um association it is that they're very humble people yeah they're there's no edge on them they're not big big time Charlies, and they'll talk to you the same as I'm talking to. You and they're always very polite they'll always listen Mm -hmm. Uh, and and i think of just while i think about that um uh, i think we should mention the um murals that the former players association are are putting up this is nothing to do i i i would add it nothing to do with bristol city football club this is something the former players association doing off their own bat where they've got these um various sites there's one on the side of the Coopers. There's a mural of Chris Garland that was opened last week. And they've got three other sites that they'll be putting murals up uh, as things develop. So well uh, well done to Neil uh, for, for that and all the work that, that he does at the Former Players Association. And it's great to see the club doing something like that around Bedminster too. Um, because that that does give you that, that additional Uh, community involvement, which is something that I, something that I think, um, or this isn't actually to do with the club, but something that that the club do like, you know, with the food on the away trips and things like that. I think that those are are good things about the club.
0: Yeah. No, there is lots of, there is lots of good things about the club. It's a club that, you know, we're here. We all love the club. We want to see the club do well. People say we're critical. We're anti and everything like that. We want to, you know, we, we, um, when we're criticising, sometimes it's to provoke debate, but a lot, most of the time, it is how we feel. And anybody who's supported Bristol City for as long as we have, it's the hope that kills sometimes. But, uh, but thanks to everybody who's listened and watched us live on the YouTube this morning. Uh, we're looking forward to the Ipswich game, big game for Nigel. I got a feeling we might turn the tractor boys over. They haven't played for 18 days, so they'll either be fresh as daisies orbit a bit rusty Good, interesting to see what sort of reaction uh, Mark Ashton gets uh, Whether he'll be greeted with open arms In the uh, director's box Whether the fans (laughs) Whether the fans fans Will have something to say And then obviously hot on the heels of of The Ipswich game uh, Seven side derby against Cardiff at the weekend So you know if Nigel could uh, Emerge from the next seven days Without defeat Then we've got Sheffield Wednesday at home, QPR away before the next international break. If Nigel carries on in this sequence of games before international break with the way he started against Coventry, right? It's going to make the pressure is going to be building on the Lansdowne to say something, yeah, to actually say something. Yeah, let's have some communication from the club. I mean, you know, it's not good. It needs to change. We're in a good position. We're eighth in the league with just around approaching a third of the season gone. Yeah, you know, we're we're not punching above our weight, I don't think. We're living up to an expectation that we hope can just go that little bit extra further. Neil, Mark, and Ian, thanks for your contribution. Thanks for everybody who's listening. Looking forward to next time. All the
4: best, everybody. Goodbye. I'm happy God bless everyone. Bye bye. Yeah, I take care. care. Thank you, everybody. Bye.
3: What if I've been unlucky? Really I ain't got a thing There's a time I always feel happy As happy as a king When the red, red robin Comes bob, bob, bob And along, along There'll be no more sobbing When he stops throbbing His old sweet song Oh, wake up, wake up You sleepyhead Get up, get up, get out of bed Cheer up here the sun is red, live, love, laugh and be happy, what if i blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers, rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours, I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song, when red, red robins are bob, bob, bobbing along. Red, red Robin come by bob, bobbing bob, along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepy head, get up, get up, get out of bed, cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red, live, love, laugh, and be happy. What if vibe and blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a
2: song. When the rid rid a bob, It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you still the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order the McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times delivery
5: and times supply. See